Welcome to this week's edition of the Nebraska Soybean Board's Weekly Market Roundup. I'm Susan Littlefield. I'm on location this week. I am in Kearney at the Buffalo County Fairgrounds. Where taking place is the fall edition of the Nebraska Cattlemen's Classic. So over my shoulder is a sale ring for the sale that's taking place. So you can guarantee that this weekend folks have been talking about the cattle prices and the opportunity that these cattle producers have been to literally be in the driver's seat on this. But we're going to f- first jump into what's been happening as we look at the soybean market on this week's edition of the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. Well, joining me on the screen, as you can see, is Sue Martins, who is with Ag and Investment. She is out of Clarion, Iowa. And Don Rose joins us with U.S. Commodities based in Des Moines. If I am ever going to have to do a show where I'm going to have to talk about the craziness of a soybean market for the week, these are the two people I want to be on the show with me as we dive into what's been happening. And Sue, I kind of wanted to start out with you talking a little bit about what you've been hearing in this soybean market and the interesting ride we've been on since midweek. Well, I think that uh, the, the most important part, you know, we all know that the yields were better than farmers expected. Uh, we know that uh, South American weather, Brazil's weather is better than a year ago. And the planting is moving along more closer to a five-year average than it would be to last year's pace, which also means that saccharina corn is going to get planted earlier, too. But uh, I think the other thing is the biodiesel story that's going to continue to evolve as we go down the road. But for now, um, crush is expected to remain good. And um, I think there, you know, there's an attitude that we're going to be crushing for the oil, the veg oil. And, but I still think we're going to crush for meal as well, uh, using the soy meal, because I think we're going to be uh, feeding it. And, of course, China's demand for uh, meal is pretty strong, and, and crushing margins are good. And so I think the beans are going to be um, exported, you know, be it whether it's Brazil or here. I think China's getting beans from behind the scenes through give-ups. But um, at the present time, this market's dealing with the expectation of a bearish report next Tuesday and also looking at um, the thought that the Brazilian crop right now still looks to be good. You have the best expectations as a crop goes in. Well, I'll ask you about that, Don, a little bit, because we know that you've got ties there in South America. And, and Sue and I have been talking earlier in the day about the fact that this is a crop that could be ready as early as December, which has got to put some pressure on the U.S. beans. Well, you know, exactly. In fact, uh, we were just talking to, uh, you know, some clients down there we have in Brazil and Mato Grosso. And a year ago, uh, they were on hold waiting to plant soybeans because it was just too dry. We forget. Right now, they've already have soybeans that are up. Uh, planting in the north, Mato Grosso, uh, Gaius are both about 95 percent planted. That's about 40 percent of the crop. So really uh, no problems. It uh, looks like a large yield is, is uh, on uh, uh, the path. And more than that, last year's crop of both corn and soybeans looked like it's understated. Producers continue to sell. We continue to export. As you move into uh, Argentina, same thing. 
Uh, well, Brazil's about 60% planted right now, no problems. Their uh, first corn crop, which is about 30% of the crop, they're about 65% uh, planted. In Argentina, it's 30% planted on uh, corn, about 7% on soybeans, and no weather problems there either. Uh, both areas had some good moisture this week, and producers have been taking advantage of it, selling uh, into this market here on the crop that's just going in the ground. So uh, kind of beating us to the competition. And I think it's a real concern on our export pace is just dismal. And remember, their soybeans there are going to start to hit the ports the end of uh, January, beginning of February. And I think that's partly what the market was about this week. Well, having said that, Sue, do you have any concerns as to what could happen export potential wise? Because we know that China likes those beans from Brazil. How do we entice them to come back to the United States? Well, I think one, it's competition. The dollar, for example, uh, what is doing and it's holding firmly. Um, the other thing is, is, you know, getting them out of the ports timely. Right now, the Panama Canal is backed up. And so it's, it's getting beans out and getting farmers willing to sell the beans so that the commercials can push them. I think that um, my, my concern with the bean market here is if we take these lows out, which looks like we're not going to have any problem doing, now you're pushing a harvest low into November. Many years of a year of a one, you'll do that on into December. So we look at, you talked about uh, this, the, the veg oils, for example, and I know that there's been a lot of sticker shock from, from restaurants as they look at making purchases uh, of their oils for their fryers in their restaurants, for example. Is that trend going to continue with some higher prices? And could that possibly be passed back on to the producer? Well, I do think that the veg oil demand is going to remain good. I think it's more of a biofuels climate change situation that we're looking at that's going to create the demand to be so good for soybeans crushing for the oil. Um, you know, you hear around the world, um, acres are going up on oil seeds. And so that's a little bit of a negative. Mm -hmm. So I'm not so sure I see soybean oil making new highs as it has, but it's had a pretty good move. I don't know as if I see it just totally uh, falling apart right now either. I think that when I look at China, we have to remember China has had horrific weather, horrific. And um, I think that, you know, the price of corn there, for example, is 1062, uh, was up eight cents again overnight. And the price of corn wouldn't be so high if their crops were so stellar. But the key is that the price of hogs is up 55% just this week from last month. And that's a big jump. And I think the uh, demand for crushing and moving, uh, you know, soy meal into the feed ration is going to pick back up. So, and feed crushing margins, or I should say soybean crushing margins are profitable in China right now. So I think the demand for beans is gonna remain good. It's just, you've got, you had a problem in Brazil getting beans out, out of the Paraná, through the Paraná River and to ports and same way with, you know, Argentina pulling them. I think that uh, there's beans that are still backed up, ready to go out. It'd be interesting to hear just how much of that crop is gone um, because that's what we're competing against right now is the real versus the dollar, the amount of crop they have behind, backed up behind them. And so I, um, the bean market's got its share of issues. But yet, I hate to say it, my technical indicators, they aren't fully turned yet. I've got one of three turned. 
and I still need the other two. And I get those turned and I cannot be bearish no matter what the story is because they'll always tell you the bear story at a low. Well, as we continue with the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, Don, I'm curious, we see all this action, negativity feel that's been happening in the grain trade. How do we see that transferring over to our livestock producers who also are trying to watch their bottom line and their input costs, unlike the, the crops, is the grain? Well, the good news for the uh, hog and cattle industry is the fact that the uh, corn market under a lot of pressure, uh, you know, this week towards the end of the week. And that really did give us some support to both the cattle and the hogs. And, you know, we know that the cattle numbers are tight, going to remain tight. It's just the cycle, you know, we run in that seven year cycle. So we're, you know, in for one or two years of tighter numbers. Does that happen? Uh, the hogs probably just the opposite. You know, we've been in a contraction phase. Um, as you, if you look at the sow slaughter, the boar slaughter, um, that liquidation phase has stopped. We're probably starting to move into um, maybe a little bit more of a, a buildup phase. But you know, the bottom line is the grain market. Uh, the direction of the grain market is going to certainly help the livestock industry here. I guess um, cattle market looks more positive than the, cattle, uh, the hog market right now. You brought it up. Let's talk about that cattle. Who would have ever thought this close moving to the holidays, we could see cattle producers in the driver's seat and passing on bids in the country? Well, no, I think when you look at it, the futures market's been anticipating, you know, a big jump in the cattle numbers for a long time. The cash numbers, you know, basically, I think since the uh, middle to the end of June, the uh, trade's been trying to think more positive. The futures market tried to stay more positive. Finally, the cash market's trying to move up to where the cash uh, where the futures market is, but you have to be very careful. There's a, a limit to, uh, there's two sides of a market. There's the uh, demand side and the supply side. Supply side, we know is positive. The demand side, let's wait and see. We've got the, an economy that's continuing to change all the time. Remember, Asia's a big buyer this time of year for their holidays. We're buying for the holidays. We're pushing the cash market up. Have to be positive on cattle, but it's all about the economics and watching some of these outside indicators um, with this whole economy the way it's running. Sue, what are your thoughts on the way the, the livestock have traded, especially this cattle as of late? Well, I'm very friendly to cattle. Um, we were of the opinion for some time that cattle would break into October. They did that. And then we thought we'd strike a low and start to see cattle move higher, which they are doing. My opinion is you're going to see the December contract test its highs and probably make a new high and end the year strong. Um, you know, you have a lot of immigrants coming into this country that are eating nothing but beef, pork, chicken, but they really are big beef and pork eaters. So they're good protein users. Um, and then you have other countries, you know, worried about food and you've got the um, uh, Chinese, the middle class starting to get used to eating beef. And I think they're going to like the U.S. beef product. And in the meantime, Brazil's not exporting beef to China. So there's that ban still on. We're lucky for that. That's a benefit for us, for our farmers. It's always nice to see some good positive things happening for these cattle guys, especially with the struggle, both of you, that we've seen this last couple of months. That's true. Don, any final thoughts on the cattle market? Well, you know, I think you have to watch the demand side of the market. Of course, you know, I think the industry as a whole is bullish to just a flat bullish. So you have to be careful of a black swan. You can always hit that. I would encourage uh, uh, feedlots to make sure and do uh, proper risk management when you've got markets that are historically high. All right. Well, that is this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup on location 
in Kearney. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and they're not suitable for all investors. Thanks so much to the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff for this program. I'm Susan Littlefield.